Show tiempo. All right, I'll admit it. Alex Padilla does that a lot better than I do. Welcome to Show Tiempo. It is the latest episode we have here on SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Jordan Carruth. No Alex Padilla today. Give you a little background of what's happening today on today's episode. So Alex and myself, we have a day job. We work for the uh, Mighty 1090 in Southern California. Part of that job is going to Atlanta for the Super Bowl. And that is exactly where Alex Padilla is this week. He is currently in the air. Padilla is flying to Atlanta. I believe he had like a layover in Vegas. I hope he used his time wisely in Vegas. But landing in Atlanta, not exactly doable to have him stay up East Coast time following the game, the Lakers game Tuesday night, to do a podcast. So here's what you can expect on today's episode without Alex Padilla. You have myself, who as mentioned, day job is at the Mighty 1090. I was hosting a radio show Tuesday And with the uh, biggest news, the obvious news for all Laker fans is Anthony Davis has requested, well, I guess he hasn't requested to be traded. He just told the Pelicans, and he has since been fined for this. Um, His agent tells the Pelicans, you know what? Not going to sign a long-term deal here, which pretty much tells you, trade me. He didn't say I'm demanding a trade. He took what I thought was the smart approach of just saying, I'm not going to sign long-term, so do with that what you will, which is pretty much code for trade me. He still gets fined for it. Not going to get into that. I just, the tampering and the fines that come along with this stuff, it's just so silly in the NBA. There's so much good stuff in the NBA when it comes to players talking about players and tampering and all this stuff. It's, I feel like the NBA gets in its own way a couple times. But Davis has been fine. But the obvious, uh, the obvious story right now for Laker fans is Anthony Davis. Will Anthony Davis be a Laker? Or will the Pelicans wait until July? and wait for the Boston Celtics, who I believe have the uh, most gold to distribute in a potential trade. A lot of people agree with that. Most people saying, you know what, the Boston Celtics, if, if you want the most in return, if you're the Pelicans, you wait till the Boston Celtics are available to make a potential trade. And the Celtics, as you know, cannot make a trade for Anthony Davis this season unless they trade away Kyrie Irving in the deal. I don't know if anyone expects that to happen, but they can't have both Kyrie and Anthony Davis on the same roster based on a random rule in the NBA. So what are the Pelicans going to do? Are they going to cave to Anthony Davis's request and trade him before the deadline next week? And if, if they are going to make a trade, the Pelicans, if they do make a trade before the deadline, that trade's going to the Lakers, right? I mean, the Lakers are in best position right now. The Lakers, I, I believe, and I don't. it's tough to argue this one, the best way for the Lakers to get Anthony Davis is to get him now. Not wait till the summer. Not wait till every, all the other teams know exactly what their draft picks are going to be before the Knicks know exactly what they're going to get with their first round, before the Celtics are able to dive into this conversation because they're going to be able to have Kyrie and Anthony Davis on the roster at the same time beyond this year. So the best case for me, in my opinion, for the Lakers is to get this done now. Because the longer this goes, I think the less likely that Anthony Davis ends up being traded to the Lakers. We'll see what happens if he gets traded to a team that he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal with. Then Lakers obviously back on the table. But if I'm the Lakers, I'm doing everything right now to try to make this deal happen. So, back to the main point. Hosting a radio show on the Mighty 1090. No Alex Padilla. I'm without a co-host today on the podcast, so what did I do? I invited Harrison Fagan on the radio show. You know Harrison if you're following along here on SilverScreenAndRoll.com. Had him on the radio show, wanted to talk about Anthony Davis, all the layers that come with this. Are the Lakers, do they have 
the right young core to make a trade for Anthony Davis? What is the value of that young core? And should the Pelicans wait for the Celtics to be able to jump into the mix? And would a team like the Toronto Raptors or let's say Milwaukee jump in and try to get Anthony Davis for what would likely be just a rental year, but if it's worth potentially an NBA championship, is that worth it for teams to go out and mortgage part of their future to try to go all in this year and win a championship and just rent Anthony Davis. There's so many different layers to this story. So what you're going to hear is my interview with Harrison Fagan, who, again, you know really well, runs this whole site and does an amazing job doing it. So a little bit earlier on a Tuesday, found out Anthony Davis getting fined for what his agent put out there. I asked Harrison, and it's a 20-plus minute conversation, but the very first thing I wanted to know is just as some advice as a Laker fan. What advice are you giving to Laker fans right now who want Anthony Davis to come to L.A.? I think, I think my advice to those Lakers fans would be don't hold your breath for right now because I think it's looking a little less likely, I would say, today that this is going to go down than it was yesterday when the trade demand happened and then it came out late last night that Woj was saying that like there were a lot of people that were assuming that he was going to at some point say that the Lakers were his preference. And, you know, if you just look at the timing of all of this, it seems like it was pretty, like it was timed with the intent to get him to the Lakers because otherwise, why wouldn't you just make this trade demand later if you were fine going to Boston or New York or whatever? Because like like you mentioned, those teams are going to be able to offer more then and then create a bidding war for you. And like right now, really the only team that has, right now the Lakers have the best package until we know what that next pick is and until we know you know, like everything that's going on with Boston and until like Kyrie has opted out of his deal and either re-signed on a new one or whatever, like those are balls hanging in the air that either make it more difficult for Anthony Davis or the Pelicans to send him to either of those places. And so this would seem to be time to get him on the Lakers. I am less sure now that that is going to happen. The NBA put out a statement yesterday that they were looking into, you know, like the whole, everything as it relates to this, like trade demand and whatever. And initially I took that as they were just going to probably fine Anthony Davis since you aren't allowed to publicly issue trade demands like on the record anymore. And so that, that was, I took it as that and like, that was it. But then Chris Haynes just said on, I think it was Colin Coward's show earlier today that the NBA is looking into tampering charges, which kind of makes sense when you look at the Pelicans statement where they said that we've asked the league to enforce the tampering rules on this. And it just doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of motivation in the Pelicans to send him to the Lakers, especially since apparently they feel like they've been wronged and there was some like tampering or skirting the lines of the rules out here. Harrison, I'm wondering if there's a chance that the Pelicans potentially move him somewhere where he he isn't going to sign a long-term deal. I mean, we're hearing today that the Raptors and Bucks are really interested in adding him, even though they know he's not likely to sign long-term. Those are two teams having great seasons. Hey, you add Anthony Davis. I mean, you might go win a championship. Now you're not going to have him long-term, but is winning a championship more valuable to your franchise than that long-term deal? So I'm wondering, if, do you think that that is a potential uh, thing that the Pelicans will look into over this next week? Because I think it's far more likely they do that than trade him to the Lakers uh, before next week. 
I actually am kind of in agreement with you on that at this point. And I, th- I do think obviously the Pelicans are going to look into it, but I just don't think that those teams are going to be willing to part with the assets necessary to outbid what the Lakers are offering. So it's possible that the Pelicans take a worse deal just to say, Hey, we aren't going to give you what you want. We aren't going to like, we aren't going to deal with this or listen to what your agent wants, or we aren't going to send you the Lakers because that's what LeBron wants. Like we're not going to fall prey to this and what you're trying, we see what you're trying to do and we aren't going to let you do it. And so we're going to go ahead and take less and like, you know, cut off our, our own nose to spite our face, basically. Like that's always possible, especially with franchises that have never really been known as particularly well-run organizations. You could probably see them fall more prey to emotion like that rather than necessarily doing what's best for the team. And really, ultimately, if we're talking about what's best for the team, it is still probably to wait for this summer when all of those teams can jump in a bidding war, even though there are risks associated with that. Plus, uh, something similar with Kawhi Leonard in the past offseason before he was getting traded was there were reports that the Spurs weren't exactly all that excited of the idea of sending Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers. Like, why help out a team like the Lakers in your conference? I wonder if that that thought at least creeps into the minds of those around the Pelicans. Like, why would we want to send him to a team in our conference? Like, why, why make them, why partner up LeBron and actually elevate that franchise? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And then I think part of it, too, is like, why would we help them when we feel like they have done us wrong? Like if they if they feel genuinely like uh, maybe there's stuff that we don't know about right now, like we always have to allow for that. But let's just say that like what we know right now is that LeBron has talked on the record this year, which is kind of like not a normal thing for during the season for a guy to talk about. Oh, yeah, it'd be great to play with Anthony Davis. And then he kind of defended that by doing that whole post-game locker room thing where he was just like, ask me if I'd like to play with Kyrie. Ask me if I'd like to play with Giannis. Ask me if I'd like to play with Luka Doncic and all of that stuff. So he tried to like downplay that being abnormal, but that's pretty abnormal for a guy to just drop on the record to an ESPN reporter that, yeah, I'd love to play with Anthony Davis in the middle of the season. And so maybe the Pelicans feel like he's going above and beyond what his typically been an allowed gray area and the rules where the league generally doesn't kind of enforce the tampering rules on players. And so maybe they're just so upset about that. They don't want to send them to the Lakers. I think that's a distinct possibility. So from the Lakers perspective, if you're trying to make a deal for Anthony Davis, I think the the package is obvious. You give them everything you have other than LeBron, whatever they want, essentially. I mean, I, I know it has to work out numbers wise, but there's no one who's really untouchable other than LeBron when it comes to the Lakers. How many other teams can offer something that's better than what the Lakers have right now to offer? Right now, I'm not sure that there are a whole lot of teams well positioned to offer something like right before the trade deadline right now that's better than the Lakers. Well, it depends on what the Lakers are offering. If the Lakers are willing to go all in and say, yeah, you could have Lonzo, Kyle Kuzma, Avica Zubats, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, like who have two, two future first round picks, all that, like if they're just willing to throw the whole asset chest on the table, then I don't know that anyone can outbid the Lakers as things stand currently. I do think that Boston with the picks that they're going to have in this upcoming draft that aren't there. So they're going to be really good. And 
the young guys that they have, they're not necessarily like blue chippers in terms of future all-stars, but you got guys like Jalen Brown, you have guys like Marcus Smart, like guys like that, that are valuable. And then you also have like the, the real kind of like nuclear option of like them pushing Jason Tatum into the table. And like, I don't think they're going to do that because every indication is that they're not going to do that, but that could also be posturing. And then, you know, if it ultimately comes down to Anthony Davis or no Anthony Davis, they're willing to go all in. And if they're, they're, all in is a it can outbid the Lakers all in and then I don't know like the noise about the Knicks and getting into it with like you know maybe if they got the first overall pick and they were willing to flip that but then if you get the first overall pick and you flip Kristaps Porzingis and the first overall pick for Anthony Davis how are you convincing Anthony Davis to stay I guess you hope that you get KD and then in that case it works out but like that there's a lot of variables there that's like a lot of ifs and if there's anything that I've learned in like my years of kind of pay, even just paying attention to the NBA as a fan, like generally uh, like first, when you start out, you're like every rumor, you're like, Oh, this has to be true. They really have a chance or, Oh, they could theoretically add all these guys in free agency. But usually the more balls in the air, the less likely something is going to happen. Cause that's just a lot of people having to agree on the same decision. Uh, Harrison, I think it's one thing that's interesting to look at is I know Anthony Davis is obviously a top five player in the NBA and, and one of the elite talents and he's having a career year. One of the things that I'm looking at, if I'm a Laker fan, is this: if you're trading all of those young guys in exchange for one guy back who is going to sign a five-year, $240 million extension this summer, you're basically doing what the Cleveland Cavs did with LeBron and having two players, and in their case, they wound up having Kyrie as well sign a big deal. You're having those two guys take up virtually your entire cap, and then you're filling it in with cheap veterans. Is that a path to winning a championship? Well, so it's a little different. I'll, I'll, I'll say it's, a, I think to me, it's a little different than what the Cavs did just because you don't know how many of these young guys they're going to keep. And if they can keep KCP in the deal, then they have a chance to get to like between like, like between 20 to 30 million in cap space, which is still like, just enough to put you on the fringes of getting another guy, like another, like real solid player. And then you have kind of a big three and then you can hopefully fill in the roster around them. And then I guess what you're hoping for as a Lakers fan is that the Lakers front office has more success finding kind of veteran fill-ins than Cleveland did, which on some level, the Lakers do have an advantage there, regardless of like, I don't want to get into like, like let's take the competency of the two front offices completely out of it. Just in terms of being located in LA, like they're going to be more likely to be able to get those free agents to take discounts than the Cleveland Cavaliers were. Like LeBron even talked about this in an interview with Rachel Nichols that I think dropped during the Christmas day games where he was saying like, he's excited to be a recruiter in free agency now for the Lakers because they're guys that he had over the years that he just couldn't convince to come to Cleveland. And he thinks that it's going to be a lot easier to convince them to come to LA. So I don't know. It's hard to judge what's a sustainable path to a title in a league where the Warriors exist because like, I, I don't know that there, if they keep that team together, I don't really know that there is a path to the title that goes through them. I mean, maybe they eventually wear down and you have the second best team in the league and you catch them when they're injured. But if the Warriors can't keep that team together, then like, I think that with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and you get another guy that, you know, let's say it's not Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant or any, you know, Kawhi or the huge names this summer. Like, let's say you get Chris Middleton and then you fill out the roster with some other guys. Maybe you get to keep one or two of these like younger players that are on the team right now. I, I think that that's a solid group that you could go into a postseason and feel pretty good about. 
Well, I, I've heard the idea, and there is at least a possibility, if the Lakers do go out and trade for Anthony Davis, the idea of maybe if someone takes a little bit less money, that the Lakers somehow, some way, could end up with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. How likely, and what would you tell Laker fans with that idea being floated around this week? I mean, that would be obviously amazing for the Lakers if they could do that. And you do have the whole LeBron going on Instagram and like posting essentially thirst traps for Kyrie Irving of him singing a rewind and all that stuff. And Kyrie telling media unsolicited that he called LeBron to apologize and somehow it leaking out that LeBron and Kevin Love were at dinner during that time. And you just have like all these like like all these vibes coming from them that they're two guys that think that maybe they handled things badly. But again, like. Kobe and Shaq used to talk about each other like that and say that, you know, we didn't know what we had or like you know, there were things I could have handled better. And it wasn't in the exactly the same way, but I, I would I'm still not there yet where I'm willing to go to Kyrie and Anthony. Like let's get Anthony Davis on the Lakers first before we start talking about teaming him up with LeBron and Kyrie too. Yeah. I love how that Instagram post, that's not tampering, but uh, mentioning that you think a guy is great and might want to be on your team is tampering. I, I, I don't get the NBA sometimes, but he, he didn't, Hey, he didn't <clears throat> mention that he wanted Kyrie Irving on his team. He just sang the song rewind while adding Kyrie Irving in his Instagram store. So like, who's to say what that means? I think that's like, <laughs> it's I, up for interpretation, you know, right? No. Exactly. It's a, it's a Rorschach test. So here's, here's my question. And you're an NBA expert. And I know you're focused on the Lakers, but I want to ask about something. The league seems to get what it wants when major players change teams. They got LeBron in L.A., which is great for the league to have the Lakers be a competitive team. They they seem to want to push, from what we're hearing, players to the Eastern Conference because the, the TV ratings are down. LeBron is out of the East, so he's playing on the West Coast. Half the country doesn't watch his games now, can't watch his games now. Do you think that they would prefer Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant or someone like that going to the Knicks and and helping them become a marquee franchise again? Yeah, when you said the whole, like, the league is probably pretty happy, not that they forced LeBron to the Lakers, but they're probably happy that he ended up there because the Lakers are good again. I was about, you know, like, it's probably ultimately good for the league's bottom line because the Lakers are going to make more money in a season that they're good. But I was going to mention the TV ratings thing because they have gone down because now all these people on the East Coast can't watch LeBron play every single night when he's on national TV. And so that does hurt the TV ratings a little bit. I'm sure that the NBA, like, if you hooked Adam Silver up to Truth Serum, would admit that, he like would love if Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or whoever it may be ended up on the Knicks because you already have this like huge somehow still raucous and dedicated fan base despite like 30 years of sadness uh, that they've been trotting out there on the floor and it's like it's still this like voracious crazy dedicated fan base and season ticket holders and all that stuff I'm sure the league would love it if the Knicks were good again and they got one of these guys but I I don't know, and I'm not saying that you were saying this, but I don't know if I'm willing to take that the next step and say that like they'd step in and like say that the Lakers were tampering and couldn't sign Anthony Davis because they wanted to try and steer him to the East. Like, I mean, I think they'd probably like it if he went to the East, but I don't know that they'd not like it if he went to the Lakers. You know, it's just, to me, this is weird that we're going to choose now, like without some type of separate memo, that the NBA is going to start saying now, like, okay, now players can't tamper with, with each other. When, like, Draymond Green has gone on the record multiple times talking about how he called Kevin Durant from the parking lot after losing in Game 7. And, like, you had Portland 
players, like publicly recruiting Melo on Twitter to their team a couple of years ago when he was a free agent over this, or he was like, he was trying to get bought out from the Knicks or traded by the Knicks or whatever. Like they were publicly recruiting him. Like, how is that not tampering? But then without any warning, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know what? Actually, LeBron can't do this. Like LeBron just took this to its natural conclusion. The NBA created an environment that allows for this. Now they have to deal with it. And like, I, I think that it would be incredibly hypocritical for them to punish the Lakers for this when like prior precedent said that LeBron was, even if he was stretching kind of the, the, he was stretching the letter of the law, like he was stretching it in a way that they have been allowed to stretch it for the last 10 or uh, 10 or even more years. Let the players talk about other players. Like forget these tampering rules, like just get rid of them. Let them, let them engage in social media and send emojis to each other. I mean, it's great for all of us. Well, it's great have. for the league. That, that's the thing. They, they've done it over the past, like guys have done this constantly over the last couple of years. And then it's like, and now they're, you know, they're calling up Rich Paul and they're trying to figure out if like there was tampering, they're doing like a league investigation. Like maybe, you know, maybe some of that is just like crossing their T's and dotting their I's and they just like, because the Pelicans requested it, they have to look into it. And maybe this turns into nothing, but like, if you're going to choose to enforce tampering now, I, I can't see that as being anything, but like incredibly unfair when you've allowed everybody else in the league to do it, it's just not okay for LeBron to do it. Like just because he has a bigger platform and more power and more willingness to flex that muscle. I don't know. Uh, to me, that would not seem to be a fair kind of uh, application of the rules. Harrison, have we been given any indication that the Pelicans even like the young core with the Lakers? Like, do we, I know they can't tamper. They can't talk about these guys, but have we been given any indication that they like Lonzo Ingram, Kuzma, some of the guys the Lakers would have to offer? There was a report yesterday in the LA Times that the any talks would have to start with, I believe it was Lonzo, Kuzma, Avica Zubats, and a first-round pick just to start the talk, which is like, first of all, I, the more I think about it, it's hard to not see that as an indictment of Brandon Ingram, that his name isn't in the package that, to, bring the, like, to bring them to the table. So that is like at least somewhat of like an inkling that maybe they like some of these guys. But then, you know, I, I don't know if that interest is going to lessen now that you have things like Lonzo Ball's camp very predictably leaking that he wouldn't want to be in New Orleans and once again doing everything in their power to try and keep him in a Lakers uniform, which is like, I, I don't, I'm not going to criticize them for that. That's their job is his representation to try and make sure that he stays in the best situation for him, which like for his marketing and branding and like everything else is the Lakers. But like, I wonder if stuff like that, like I've always, I've always been curious ever since the Lakers drafted Lonzo, if it ever came down to trading him, like what would the market be like if he was still a somewhat polarizing player with a family situation where like maybe some of these smaller markets are a little bit more scared of the LeVar effect and him throwing his weight around and things like that. Like we've seen a lot of our reticence, uh, like uh, reticence from smaller market teams to have like loud, big personalities. And Lonzo is not that, but if you're bringing him and his whole reality show traveling circus with, then like, I don't know. I've always been curious to know what the league's thoughts on that are. Like, I always felt like he'd have to show that he would, he'd have to be like 10% better than your average player to generate interest and things like that around the league, just because the league seems to be so anti like these types of personalities and off the court stuff. So I don't know. Like, are the Pelicans going to want to bring him in if he's going to potentially, or his camp is potentially going to like already grousing about that possibility? And then, if you're having to bring a three team, a third team in, then three teams hit trades are really, really hard to make work in the NBA, and that's why we rarely see them because you have to have, or because you end up with 
you know, three sides that don't all exactly want the same thing and can't come to an agreement, or you end up trading the wrong, thinking that you have the wrong Brooks in the deal or whatever it may be. Like, so I, I don't know. I mean, as far as are the Pelicans interested in the young guys, I don't really know. Like, I, I think, you know, I think the league as a whole is probably somewhat interested in them. They've all shown flashes, but like, are they interested enough to get past the bad blood that they have apparently with the Lakers and Rich Paul and Anthony Davis to give Anthony Davis and clutch sports what they want and send Anthony Davis to LA. I don't know that those guys have shown enough that the Pelicans are going to be willing to do that. Like, it's not like they've made it like uh, none of them are, for sure going to be a future all-star. So I think that like, if there was a for sure blue chipper in there, then maybe they're willing to look past some of this stuff because they feel like they're starting fresh. But right now they'd be somewhat gambling. When I saw the report that Lonzo's Lonzo Ball's camp wouldn't exactly, they would prefer not to be dealt to New Orleans. Like, I just started laughing. I'm like, Lonzo Ball's going to make demands? Are you kidding me? What was your reaction when yeah, you saw I, that? That was my takeaway last night when I wrote about it. It was like, it's, that's nice that Lonzo Ball and his camp want this. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter because the Pel- he's under team control for at least two more years, and then he's a restricted free agent. So really, for the next like four to five years, if the team wants to keep him around. And so like what he wants doesn't really matter. And like that's unfortunate for him and his like his camp is doing the right thing for their client and trying to make this like harder. But ultimately if the Pelicans want him, it doesn't really matter what Lonzo wants. Like, and also I'm not really sure the Pelicans point guard situation qualifies as a like experienced established point guard situation. Cause Drew holidays mostly played off the ball. I don't know that Alfred Payton is an established point guard. And like, I think this is more of like them trying to justify, like they actually don't want to leave LA and the Lakers and all that branding stuff, but they don't want to leak. Lonzo ball doesn't want to leave the Lakers cause it's bad for like the ball family brand. They are going to say like, well, we don't want an established point guard in that spot. I just can't imagine what Magic Johnson and Palinka's reaction would be if this a potential deal falls apart because the Pelicans are on the other side of the phone saying, we're not even sure Lonzo wants to be here. And like Lonzo's ball's preference is going to cost him an opportunity at Anthony Davis. At that point, you would just trade him to the moon. Just like, just get rid of him. Like if he cost us Anthony Davis, I, don't, I just can't imagine what the reaction would be if it got to that point. I would be very curious to see like that, that would put them in a tough spot. Although again, like I'm, I'm dubious over how much that even matters in the eyes of these guys. Like Del Demps is making this trade. Like he may not even have the job once this trade, like to see the end results of this trade. So it may not matter that much to him. Like it's, it's, it's going to depend a lot on what the owner and what uh, Mickey Loomis thinks about all of this. And like, they're probably not as like, plugged into all these things and so like who who knows really what what way that swings things at all sounds like we're on the same page it's more likely that the pelicans don't make a move by next week before the deadline yeah it doesn't mean that we aren't going to write 900 articles about it at silver screen and roll but um i'll be there for all of that that would be my personal opinion as well i i do not think it will happen we'll follow along online silverscreenandroll.com he is harrison fagan you can follow him along on twitter he is the editor-in-chief with lakers sb nation harrison we appreciate the time and uh enjoy every single day leading up to that deadline next week oh god i really am not going to but thank you <laughs> there he is harrison fagan follow along on twitter at hm fagan fagan is spelled f-a-i-g-e-n All right, there it is, the conversation with Harrison Fagan earlier. Uh, Appreciate those who have subscribed and those who 
promote Show Tiempo and every single podcast that is part of the Silver Screen and Roll family, the Lakers SB Nation site. So we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll join you next week. We'll get Alex Padilla back next week. He'll return hopefully with some good Super Bowl stories. You know, you go to Super Bowl for a week, you better come home with some good stories. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll figure or hear some of those next week. But again, our thanks to Harrison Fagan. We recommend that you subscribe to every single Lakers podcast on this channel. Uh, constantly giving you a new episode pretty much every single day during the week. Get different characters, different opinions, different approaches to just how you watch the Lakers and what you want to see from the Lakers. So we recommend that you subscribe and promote it online on social media. That would go a long way for us. So thank you for those who do subscribe. And again, thanks to Harrison for joining the show a little bit earlier. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. You had Ryan Phillips in there from the big lead asking questions as well. That's who that other voice was. But uh, next week, we'll talk to you again. Alex Padilla and myself will be back. But I wanted to give thanks to Harrison for joining us here on Show Tiempo. Talk to you next week. See ya.